Here we are doing the test. Here's my test. And this is the volume that I'm going to talk at. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today is Tuesday, September 4th, 2018, and you're listening to the Official View News. I'm Greg Pollock. And I'm Jadine Chandler. You can find links to all the stories we talk about in our weekly newsletter and on news.vjs.org. Just three more weeks until Vue.js London. And if you're still on the fence, you can visit our website, news.vue.js.org, where you can find a promo code giving you 50 pounds off your ticket. So don't get miffed, bomb a ticket, and you'll be gobsmacked by this conference. Absolutely. It's the dog's bollocks. <laughs> we can't do British accents. Not at all. Nope. A few days ago, Guillaume Chow released version 5.00 beta 1 of Vue DevTools. Wasn't this worked on a bunch during the Vue Core Team Summit? Yep, and now you can try out some of the new features, including a routing tab showing your route history, a performance tab giving you a frame rate graph, the ability to edit Vuex state, and a settings tab giving you component name settings, theme, and density settings, amongst a bunch of improvements and fixes. A few weeks ago, Evan did an interview on the Tidelift blog, a company that attempts to professionalize open source software. Open source software isn't professional enough? (laughs) Well, the problem Tidelift is attempting to solve is to help open source software maintainers like Evan get funding from the enterprise level companies that use their software. And how do they funnel money from the enterprise to the Vue project? Right. Well, apparently when you buy a Tidelift subscription, they look at the open source projects you're using and kick back money to the maintainers of that open source. Tidelift then provides your company with commercial grade security updates, maintenance, and legal assurances for your open source projects. Interesting business model. So they pass on a portion of your subscription to the open source you use and then monitor your projects for you, giving you notifications you need to keep things up to date. I think that's the gist of it. Anyways, in the article, Evan talks about dealing with burnout and the future of supporting open source, maybe helping enterprise companies pay for the value they're getting. If you're building an app using Vuex, there are a few ways to test your code. And Ed Burr, that's the guy who wrote the book on Vue testing, recently posted his slides from his talk, Unit Testing a Vuex Store, where he has some great sample code showing the different ways you can test Vuex. It's definitely worth checking out if you're writing tests. We've mentioned the Vuido library on the podcast before. It's a way to create native apps for Windows, OS X, or Linux using Vue with lib UI. Right. And unlike Electron, where you're using HTML for your components, with Vuido, you're using custom components, which are transformed into native components. I bring it up because Natalia Tefluina wrote up a great tutorial on the Vue Vixens blog this week, showing how easy it is to build a native app that uses the OpenWeatherMap API to fetch the weather based on an inputted zip code. Sounds like a great example app to start playing with Vito if you want to build a native app with Vue. Yeah. Vue ships with two different ways to avoid conflicting styles in our components. Can you name the two? Uh, well, the first has got to be using scope styles, using the scoped keyword inside my single file view components. Yep, scope styles adds data attributes, so our style just applies to certain components. However, there are a few edge cases where this might not be the best solution, which Michael Sangyong discusses in a blog last week. 
He also talks about the second way to avoid conflicting styles. That's got to be CSS modules, where I use the module attribute in my style tag, and this gives me the ability to access my classes using the dollar sign style object. Yes, and the way classes are generated don't have the same drawbacks as scope styles, which may make CSS modules a better solution for bigger applications. When you're building complex forms with validations, Vue has some great libraries to help with that, including Vuelidate, a data model-oriented form validator. And when you use this with the Vuelidate error extractor plugin, displaying error messages becomes simple. Last week, Dobermir Ristoff wrote up a tutorial on the Vue.js developer's blog to give you a bunch of code samples on how to set them all up. Also on the Vue Vixens blog, Super Diana wrote up a post walking through how she dockerized, if that's a word. I don't think that's a word. Well, I'm using it anyways. <laughs> how she dockerized the Vue Vixens Nuxt website. The benefit of doing this just means you get to ensure you're running your Nuxt app locally the same way you're running it in production. Or maybe in continuous integration. Yeah. So check it out if you want to dockerize your Nuxt app. Stein of Hellset recently released a free series of videos showing him building a YouTube bookmarking site from scratch. In the video, he uses the Vue CLI 3 to create a new Vue app, authenticate with Firebase, and add categories and movies using the Firebase data store. Mark from Web Dev Challenges wrote up a great code example last week showing how to create a login form using Vuex with a loader animation. So when your browser is waiting to see if the login is successful, your user gets the loader. Um, spinner animation? Yeah. And what's interesting about how this is implemented is how Mark uses a login start and login stop mutation, which get committed from the do login action. These mutations toggle a logging in boolean variable on state. And the login component must be listening to that variable to show the spinner. You got it. I know it's a little hard to visualize on a podcast, but it's a simple example and interesting to see how state can be used in Vuex to manipulate the user interface. When you're deploying Nuxt using server-side rendering to Google App Engine or other locations where you have automated deployments, Things can get tricky when you need different environment configurations, specifically inside your nux.config.js. Luckily for you, Mason Raju Singh recently wrote up a tutorial showing his solution on how to generate a nux.config.js file on deployment. Yeah, configuration can be tricky, so it's good to see people sharing their workarounds. Thank you for listening to the official View News podcast. Be sure to tune in every week for the latest news in the Vue community.